Come on. The enthusiasm. I can see your eyes. <laughs> I can see it in your smile. I wanted my arms are open wide. The MTG Podcast is a virtual space for women and minorities in the tech and creative industries. Tune in as we explore inspirational, educational, and community insights through different perspectives, expanding the diverse cultures and societies that reflect us. We're more than a designer. We're more than our name badge. We're more than the work we produce. Welcome to the More Than Graphics Podcast. We're We're that that tribe. Hello, everyone. How's everybody doing? Welcome to episode one of season six of the More Than Graphics podcast. I am Danielle. I'm Cicely. And I'm Priscilla. And us ladies are the stuff. We're the ladies that make up in more than graphics. Uh, maybe you're new to this space. If you are, welcome. Um, we are on the brink, I feel like, of a new frontier. We are celebrating being recognized worldwide as a podcast that celebrates women in tech and women in the creative industries. Um, we're being recognized in the podcast charts, being ranked as a top 10% podcast by listennotes.com. And, you know, we're just doing our thing. And I love that. Our community is recognizing us and honoring us in these spaces. So we've had time to gather thoughts and our feelings. So ladies, how are we feeling? What's new in your world? Awake for one. (laughs) I'm now, the sugar's hit. I'm now awake. (laughs) Yay. It's the sugar. We're on a sugar high. Me and Priscilla have been, are jacked up on sugar now. So we're here and we're ready to go. (laughs) Yes. We're such a pride and joy example of our younger generation. Yes. We are are more than graphics. We are sugar sugar junkies right now. (laughs) More than graphics. Oh, man. That is it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. As we kind of go straight into the icebreakers, I dare ask, like, what's our our outlook for 2024? We talk about this episode really kind of being centered around the word perception and why that's so important now in in 2024 kicking off the year so in a short kind of form if you want to look at it on a more like worldwide perspective or global perspective you know evolving events that are happening right now in the middle east that are clearly heightened based upon our perception um some some extra things to think about in the u.s um we just recently had a, a very sad youth shooting um that continues to raise concerns around school safety and mental health that also kind of um creates this level of perception that we need to have it's becoming more of a verb and less of a query it's becoming less of a question around perception it's more of a um let's create a perception let's give a perception in and around these topics and then of course we talk about our own spheres of influence our own areas of med tech and digital marketing spaces um, that are kind of since the end of 2023 have been declining going into 2024 and how is that changing the way that we kind of have our own perception about how we seek and even do our own jobs like perception is a big topic to unpack today so I'm really excited that I have you ladies to kind of kind of walk and navigate us through some some difficult parts take it away priscilla <laughs> thanks sugar um <laughs> <laughs> well, you know 
about the perception. Um, I, I think, you know, what was it? I was watching something because, you know, I've been watching a lot of TV lately. And mm-hmm. um, there's actually there's a there's a show that I want to watch. Uh, I can't remember which stream it's on. I think it's uh, might be either uh, Peacock or Hulu. And I don't know if you guys heard it. I think it's called. Ah, oh, what is it called? Accused or something like that? And I started looking at the. Um, it's a series of um, almost like it would. It's more. I guess it would be perspective perception, right? They talked about um, different uh, criminal, um, almost like their from their side. Like they had a, a story on there that I'm interested in seeing. Uh, one of the is about a shooting, like a school shooting, and mm-hmm. it's talking about like a parent who found out that their child was going to do this mm-hmm. right oh wow so it was like what do they do like they even went as far as thinking of doing something to their child to save other the other children oh yeah type of thing. and so seeing that you know i'm like really interested in seeing that because i you know just having um being able to see from someone else's you know, the perception of that and, and thinking, you know, I don't know if we, a lot of times do we think about the parents, you know, what, what, and, and there was another episode where there was this one, uh, lady who was trying to say crap about one of the mothers of a, I think a mother of a child that did, or was somehow involved in that. So it's very easy to see how, uh, you know, how social media and stuff, their perception, how it's put out, um, really, you know, gauges a lot of how we, you know, read it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I love that you say that because I also like the idea, too, of, you know, when we walk into spaces as, and again, we're wearing all these different hats, right? We're walking mm-hmm. into this from a perspective of a parent or walking into this, you know, um, spaces as a woman, as a person who, you know, cares for kids, things along those lines. We wear all these different types of hats as a business person. You know, how does this affect how close I want to get to a situation, right? Like we have to think about all those different ways and all those different angles that can be spun a certain way. But deep down, our intention, right? Our level of intention is kind of what helps me better shape my perception around a lot of things. At the end of the day, when someone talks about, you know, when I'm long and gone, the one thing I want people to know me for is blank. And if that blank statement for me is, um, you know, something that I want to stick around longer than longer than my name, longer than my bones, right? That's kind of the 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 pillar or the mark that I want to leave on the world. And so for some people, that is, you know, I'm standing up for these kids. I'm standing up for, you know, my family. I'm standing up for certain things. Um, but I feel like that helps helps create, I guess, um, the base of what we place our perceptions on. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think both of you brought up really good points that like, um, I was just talking to Ryan about this last night, strangely enough. Um, but we were kind of talking about how like things we see on social media, like how, you know, me and Danielle, we were studying journalism in college originally. Mm-hmm. So I feel like from a journalist, a, a former journalist perspective, that I was taught to question everything. Like I was taught to like do my own research, find information. And I feel like when it comes to like having different, like having perceptions of things that happen, I feel like most of us as a whole, like as a society don't have very good like 
digital literacy, media literacy, and that we don't have very good understandings of varying things. Like I will very much say, I don't have a very good understanding of like the intricacies of um, politics, like in terms of the political science aspect of it. I don't have very intricate understandings of like every, you know, every country that the U.S. has beef with because that's everybody at this point. So, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't have the time to go. I mean, I don't have the time to go through every single, you know, beef that we have with every country in the world at this point. But it's one of those things that like we very much like Priscilla said, you'll see the perspective of someone and you'll see people judging them. But I think like we come in with our own biases, but we have to do our research as well. Like we have to, like, it's one of those things where like, especially like just an example of working in medicine, like working as a nurse, there are obviously, we all have biases. We all have preconceived notions about things. We And that's just be a part of being human. But whenever I have patients, I really try to empty my like brain, empty my mind of those things. Because even though people may be doing things that I don't like, or I may have a patient that participates in things that I think are dangerous for themselves or for their children or for their baby, for their children. It's not my place to judge. It's my place to provide you nursing care and to take care of you and your baby. Okay. So I think that's one of the important things is that even though we're, we're all going to judge, I don't care who you are. Like, oh, I don't judge people. Yes, we do. We all judge. So it's fine. <laughs> but I, we have to like check ourselves and check those biases because I can like, I've had situations where this happens, you know, between cultural miscommunications, all sorts of things but someone will tell me something about a patient and then i'll meet the patient and have a completely different perception based on like oh this person's like terrible they have such a, a nasty attitude whatever and then i'll see the patient i'll be like oh they weren't like that with me so i'm like somewhere there was a disconnect so that's where i like i encourage people to like develop your own perception of things by doing your own research by like figuring out the facts, but not just the facts that one side presents. You have to see the story from a lot of different sides before you can make like an informed decision about A, how you feel, or B, kind of what the next steps are. And I think that's something um, that in 2024 and beyond, we all have to do like as a society for the sake of, you know, Gen Alpha, Gen Z, Gen Beta, we have to start doing that because we've moved so far away from that, that if we continue to do so, then we're just going to be, you know, fed information and take it for what it is and just believe it. Like we have to still have that critical thinking and we have to be able to use our own little brains and then also, um, you know, develop our own perception of the reality that's going on around us too. That was spot on. Um, uh, Priscilla, do you want to add on to that? No, I don't. Um, <laughs> I love you, Priscilla. I mean, no. I've said a lot of things and then after end, I'm like, that is right, girl. <laughs> but you know, I take the points from you two. I jump off from where yes. you two left off and just summarize it. That's I know, all. but when you jump off of my thing, you just sound smarter. When I jump off of yours and just like, no, Hello? stop it. It's like I woke up during class and the teacher asked me a question. <laughs> like, no, Priscilla, I, what are your thoughts? Hmm. <laughs> no, I was I was looking up also about this accused show that I was just looking um, for. You know, that I was telling you about it. It is on mm -hmm. Hulu and it says it offers an intimate account of what happens when someone is formally charged with a crime and sent to trial all solely from the perspective of the accused, their legal team, and their family members. So I guess it starts off in the beginning that they're in trial and we have no idea, you know, whatever. So mm -hmm. what's yeah. the name of the show? It's called Accused. Okay. So I'm going to watch that. I'm going to hop off after here or maybe while we're on here and I'll start watching. <laughs> I'm going to start watching it immediately. 
Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. So there's like, okay. So we talk a lot about like how perception is all about, you know, doing that level of work, right. Doing that level of, um, you know, kind of idealized, but not um, formal kind of ideation, if you will. And that also kind of helps form a certain perception in and around the things that we're comfortable with and the things that we're not comfortable with, right? And so I really appreciate even um, we talk about, you know, uh, cultural diverse um, uh, opportunities, cultural miscommunications, as Cicely had put it. I love that because I do feel like there there's lots of cultural misinterpretations and miscommunications and kind of... Um, things that just get mistranslated or untranslated, right? Um, between whatever cultural aspect that is. And I'm not specifically talking about like cultures like countries away. I'm talking about, you know, just groups within America, right? The translation between working as a person in tech for a man and working in a place of tech as a woman. There are a lot of things that are mistranslated in between these two very common and very beside and right next to each other um, worlds and boundaries. And so I really like the fact that we continue to address this level of work that both needs to be done. There is a level of work that needs to be done on our side. There is a level of work that needs to be done on uh, on other sides that are also in these same kind of melting pot situations that we just kind of keep miscommunicating or mistranslating um, in, in one way or another. So I really want to address that more so on the scale of the breadth of work that's still left to do as we talk about dismantling maybe some perceptions um, and the work left to do to help build and bridge more perceptions so that we all can level up, you know, do do more, be greater in this new year for 2024. Somebody shout. All right. <laughs> Roundhouse discussion um, in our own industries, you know, what has really shaped our perspective recently? And I, I can really kind of go into that a little bit more for me. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading, reading, I mean, obviously building your brain, right? <laughs> um, enlarging your brain space um, and, and and choosing to resort to others' wisdom before importing and embedding my own is really important for me as I walk into new spaces of uh, being a leader um, for a lot of different things and people. And so I always take it, I always take those last little two weeks, right? Two or three weeks and just try to cram as much knowledge. <laughs> through books as possible. And so I have I have a new book that comes today actually. It's not it's not very new, but it's um new to me. Um and then I have uh, two other books that I've gone through um, since winter break, just really just kind of restructuring, reframing my brain. Um, it also kind of, we put those new thoughts and those new ideas in our head. It ignites and creates new impulses in our brain to do new creative things, to go outside of our norm. So those are my things that have recently changed my perspective recently, as far as being uh, a business owner, as being a good leader. Um, also thinking around areas of how I can be a better creative for myself, um, not just dwelling in the things um, of the mundane things that don't bring me as much passion, but really re-synergizing my brain and my energies around the things that do bring me passion. So um, for graphic design, that's really, you know, going back to basics of branding and um, better understanding um, the things that bring me joy and the aspects of strategy and um, going back to being playful and around, you know, design landscapes, um, creating, you know, wireframes and websites and things along those lines. So I'm just trying to get back to the heart of self right <laughs> um, oh, okay. a little bit. but I want to hear y'all like what is there anything recently that's really been kind of shaping your perception um, in your industry 
<laughs> um, I would just say now that I'm going to be back, um, like in the, like, uh, in the, the I don't want to say the trenches, but in the trenches, in the, <laughs> in the, I can't think of a better word right now. Um, in the space <laughs> of patient care in the inpatient setting, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. Yeah. Um, that just, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can, like in my capacity as a nurse, um, to help my patients feel comfortable, to make sure um, my patients and their babies have the best outcomes possible, and to really just um, like push myself as well. So, another reason. Um, I'll be working in labor and delivery is because before, like, I, I don't even know if I told you about this, Danielle, but like before I knew I wanted to be in women's health. That was like the thing I've known that for the past six, seven years, like that wasn't the problem, but I thought I only wanted to work like on the in quote easier side, which is working like in postpartum, working in the nursery, like, you know, dealing with after you've already had the baby. Um, and then I did my last um, semester. I did my like last, what they call practicum. So last clinical hours, I did it in labor and delivery. And then I realized I actually need to be in labor and delivery because that's where I'm going to get the most challenge. And I'm like, I don't know why I like to do this to myself. Maybe I'm a chronic overachiever. Don't know. But I always have, I always like to be in a space where I'm being challenged because I feel like if I'm being challenged, if I can do the hardest things, then everything else becomes easier after that. Right. So, <laughs> so for me, um, just making sure that I take my time definitely in this, in this season while I'm, you know, taking care of people and their babies, I'll also be pregnant with you know, my babies. So just making sure that I'm taking care of myself, but then also, you know, making sure that I study as much as I can, because there's a lot of things that, you know, I always joke that like, I'm a good nurse, but there's a lot of things I'm not good at when it comes to nursing. Um, So just getting better at those things so I can be better at my craft and then be better at helping my patients. Um, And then really just like I kind of mentioned, trying to active or work, not trying, but actively working on stripping away some of those biases that I had myself. So I don't bring that into my patient care. So I don't project those things onto my patients. Cause I know what it feels like to be, to feel discriminated against or to feel like you're not being listened to, especially in a medical setting or to feel like you've got to like flex your medical muscles to be like, Hey, you may not think I know what you're talking about, but I know a lot more than you think I know. And, you know, let's get on the same page here. Like we know the same things, but what I need you to do is, you know, treat me well treat me like a human treat me like someone that you want to take care of or at least pretend but um you know for my patients i want to make sure that even if they are doing things i don't agree with even if you know things are crazy that they at least understand that we have a mutual respect and that they can build trust with me and that i'm not gonna let anything happen to them or their babies or baby and that i'm there like for their support so again we don't have to agree we don't have to like each other but at the end of the day I'm keeping everybody alive. So <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to do over there, but I'm keeping, you know, I'm keeping you alive. Miss ma'am giving birth to that baby. I don't know what y'all are trying to do in that bed, but I'm trying to keep everybody alive here. So, so just again, dismantling those biases and like being the best that I can be as a person and at my craft as well. Who heard? I heard. I heard. Okay, I'll go. To follow that up. <laughs> I love you, Crystal. Let me go. I'm gonna let me go find pick up stumble as I pick up your mic. <laughs> is this is this thing on? <laughs> it is. We hear you loud and clear. 
<laughs> now, I love that you were talking about challenge because um, I said, like, recently for me, perspective is different because I can't. Um, I've, I've been off of work for a couple of weeks and I don't know when I'm going to go back. So um, being able to, you know, luckily just working for myself with clients is it's a really that's a real benefit but I did start like working with one of my clients and I said I may not be able to use my you know I may not be able to design anything with you but my brain still works just fine I was like as long as you can be the ledger <laughs> you know so it was, it's nice to be able to um you know I think about when I had I had carpal tunnel uh, years ago and then I had to use the other hand and it's like how it makes your yeah it kind of makes my mind think a little bit differently right like my perspective changes and I love um in one of this one of the clients you know we are moving from um moving from Instagram and Facebook to just doing LinkedIn and you know and I have to change a little bit my perspective on how I'm you know producing work for them which before I mean I was always doing graphic design for them but I was also utilizing my you know, copywriting um, skills, but then now it's going to be almost more flipped. And I love being able to kind of switch and that I, I'm, I'm happy that I do have those two sides that I can work them interchangeably with each other. And um, being able to be on a more, um, you know, a more deeper, I guess, I feel like when, you know, when we're writing, that's a little bit, we can give more, you know, uh, feeling and stuff to it, um, mm -hmm. rather than like, you know, graphically, sometimes some things are very left up to inter interpretation. And um, I'm excited to see how, you know, changing things and doing things differently this year, how it's going to um, affect my, you know, how, what, it, what is my, what is my work going to look like now? Um, but yeah, I mean, as, and like industry wise, um, I guess, I'm, I, I kind of still always say that I'm the grandma of the group and I don't stay, <laughs> I don't stay on top of it as much as Danielle does, but you know, I just hop on her coattail and go, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> I'll add to that. But you know, as far as I think a lot of things, um, you know, Danielle, like you're saying back to basics. I mean, I think that's the way that I've always, you and I've had this talk many times about, mm -hmm. you know, we have the basics that some maybe of the newer generation does not have. And then you think about if all else, like if all else fails, then it's like, we have that back to basic like let's say everything you know yeah shuts down like i think about when i worked at the at the container store in atlanta a long time ago the power went out and we didn't have the cash registers and some of the kids were like what do we do and we're like you take out the thing and you put the carbon and you click click you know <laughs> the yeah and they're like what's that <laughs> and then you have to and then i i had problems because they're like math people don't give me the right change and i'm like hold on i gotta find my calculator because I can't do the quick math. But, you know, um, I do like the fact, Danielle, about the um, going back to basics. And I haven't really, you know, now I'm like kind of limited at what I can do. So I did get a book. I requested a book and I told you about it. And I can't remember. I think it's called The Stories of Color or something yes. like that. Like, yes. And it talks about different colors and how they maybe came upon it. One of them was whitewash. And I started to read that. And because I've been medicated, I can't remember and can't recall. <laughs> but 
you know, it talks about, you know, the different things. And it was very fascinating just as far as on a design level. It's going to make me feel like a real smarty pants. And, you know, just, yeah. I, I mean, I have a different perspective. Having this time of sitting and I had no choice. I have no choice mm-hmm. but to kind of just observe. You know, it's 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 really great. I'm looking forward to 2020. What year are we in for? <laughs> 2020, whatever this is. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. At the same time, um, I'm also, in the, I'm, I feel like I'm also in a place where I'm like, what year is it again? Like, yeah, not- what century are we in? Like, where are we? Cecily, <laughs> you're going to have to keep on top of that for us. <laughs> Ma'am, there's like four different generations in my household. I'm not even sure I can help you there. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so these lessons, right? These perceptions, I think, are really good, like, you know, pivoting points for us to, and actually measuring sticks, to be really honest, um, to kind of gravitate toward where we are growing, um, things we're growing toward and things we're growing from, right? Um, so lessons, that's really kind of where I'm, I'm heading to next. Lessons that we've learned um, that we're taking into 2024 and how 2023 has helped shape that perspective. We did kind of answer some of this in the, the general question around, you know, in our industry, what's kind of shaped our per- perception around certain things. But I I feel like some of the bigger lessons, again, apart from going back to basics, is really kind of focusing back on the idea of of preservance of self in some areas. I did a lot of self-preserving um, in 2023. <laughs> There's a lot of things that just kind of fundamentally just like sucked. Like I, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had to bury a child and that was something I had to emotionally kind of endure, but also deal in the physical um, you know, perception of what does that feel like to raise a child that you've known and now is no longer, you know, here and all your other kids are growing up and out and that child is not. Um, there's so many other things swirling. I and mean, my husband had really poor health in 2023 to the point where it put a lot of personal pressure on me to be the breadwinner. And I had to take that in stride on top of managing everybody else and on top of, you know, navigating myself um, all through these spaces throughout the year where everyone kind of needed me for something. Um, Being able to, you know, not necessarily go into a space of like, you know, dark or, you know, dark depression or anything along those lines. It's just ebbs and flows of of life. So some of the lessons that I took from that is a lesson of self-preservance. Like you have to, you, there's some level we talk about, you know, you can't really help someone else until you have helped yourself, right? You can't help other people until you yourself are, are, doing some level of work on you. And so really 2023 was really a deep, deep dive. (laughs) That word. I love it. I I hear it all the time in podcasting now. (laughs) And I'm just like, yeah, we got to get away from that word. (laughs) It's funny though. I like it. (laughs) Um, We're going to, you know, I had to really do some work, some deep work on self in 2023 to kind of figure out 
who am I? Who do I want to be? And where do I want to go? And so some of the lessons, um, those are some of the lessons that I really had to kind of go through to kind of help navigate this newer space and this this positive space. Let me just also say that just because you go through some really dark and hard things doesn't mean you're going to come out more dark and more negative. Usually it's the opposite, right? Um, to every negative, there's a positive. And so I'm really walking into 2024 with more of a much more positive, brighter perception um, into what I can do as a person, but also what I can give to someone in 2024. Any lessons for y'all? I just love that. I think that's a great lesson. And piggybacking off of that, like it's just something that's kind of some events that have transpired over the past couple of days. Um, just one of my things, like one of my biggest lessons in 2023 that I will be taking into 2024, like full stop, is that just because I can doesn't mean that I will. Um, mm. So just because I can do something by myself or I can do something in general, just it doesn't mean I will do it. If I don't want to do it, I mm. will not be doing it. So very much, very heavy on the self-preservation that you were talking about. Um, like I, I think it's so funny, though, like I love seeing these like relationship perspectives all over social media. It cracks me up. But one of the things um, that comes across my feed a lot more on TikTok and Facebook now, I guess, you know, obviously there's the algorithm. They're listening to what we say, but it's a lot of like mom and dad content, people with new babies. But it's a lot of like, um, you know, oh, you know, dad can't dad wants you to hold the baby because he can't you know, the baby doesn't want to be put down and he has to use the bathroom or he has to like vacuum or do the dishes. And then it shows the mom like strapping the baby on to the carrier and doing it herself. And I'm like, we're, we're not doing that. Like, mm. we're not like, not just for, you know, in my particular situation, but I'm not going to take on the burden because it's expected because I'm a mother. I'm not going to do anything that's expected of me in terms of like, you know, Oh, like gender roles and things like that. If someone else can do it and you have the ability to do it, guess what? We all do it. We all we, we're going to draw straws. OK, because <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't be drained. Like, I just can't. I'm going to be drained. Um, You know, my, my two little my two little spawns. I'm already going to be drained. <laughs> but that's you know, that's a different thing. That's like a, that's in a healthy way. Obviously, we understand that babies depend on us and need us. That's basic biology and psychology. We understand that. I expect them to be needing everything and be very needy. I expect that. But like, you know, we all I'm just going to hold people, hold everyone to that standard that if you're able to do something and if I can help, sure. And I have the capacity to do so. I'm glad to do so. But I want everyone in my life to start taking personal responsibility and like make sure that we're all kind of taking care of ourselves first and then we can help each other collectively. So being selfish in the way that I want all of us to, um, I want all of us to win. I want all of us to succeed, but that's not going to happen if one of us is depleted or, you know, if someone's running on E and running on fumes, which I used to be great at running on fumes. I used to be the fume running queen, not anymore. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. So that's just kind of my thing, taking a step back and making sure we're all actively participating in the things that we need to be participating in. And, you know, I'm putting my boundaries up. So whether people want to do that or not, that's on you, but I'm telling you what I'm doing or what I'm not doing. <laughs> so we're that. setting that expectation moving forward. I so love that. Can I just- Standing on business. That? Yes. Ooh, come on. We standing on business. Yes. Well, you know, that reminds me of um, while you were talking, I I was just taking little notes here. Yes, I take notes still. Um, I love it. I was thinking about, um, I said this a couple, I said what I said, a couple of- Yes. <laughs> and um, I, I can't remember the exact 
what I said, um, even though I said it, but I know we can find it somewhere. But it was something to the fact, because I remember it was when I first started physical therapy and I was like, I could... I was trying to, you know, do a one therapy. It's like, I was just, okay, I'll just take the pain, you know, but then I remember Mm -hmm. inside, I was like, you don't have to. So I was thinking, um, I think I said something at one of our previous episodes, like just because you can take the pain doesn't mean you have to. And I was, at first, you did. I felt like that physically, but then when I thought about it, I was like emotionally, you know, and mentally. And then we talk a lot. We've talked over the year about, trauma and stuff it's like we you know it's and it goes along with what Cicely was saying about you know the self-care and you know it's a healing of our entire self you know mm-hmm. I, and I think uh, for me personally with the physical pain that I've been feeling you know it does take me back a lot of times to the times in which it was really bad or maybe some other health things and where I was where it takes you mentally you know um but I, I like the fact that, you know, if you say, yeah, if you, if you, I don't think sometimes as women that we don't stop, you know, we don't stop that stuff mm-hmm. because we feel as if, I mean, I know in my case, I, you know, right before I had the appendectomy, I was sitting there going, I got this, I got it laying on the floor and, you know, oh. like, you know, you got to go to the, you got to call the ER. And I'm like, who's going to take care of my kids? I can't get hold of anyone to take care of my kids. And, you know, in that case, I was like, that could have really been really bad news, you know? And, you know, and it's just something I think as, you know, for the three of us, you know, in in the single, when we're all in, you know, single mom mode, it's like, you just have to, you have to make those sacrifices and it's hard. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to you know, especially me being a little bit more debilitated. I've had to let go of a lot of control that I'm used to. Like I've had to be like I've in the past had to depend just on myself and feel like I can't really depend on anybody. You know, maybe a few people I can really depend on, but most of them I'm like, oh well, you're not you're not available or you're not here. But you know, this is the first time I've had a medical procedure in which I've had a person. And I was still, even though I've been with this person for a couple of years, I was still like apprehensive, like, well, yeah, I still got to have backup. <laughs> I got to make sure, you know, and, and it was kind of hard for me to be like, okay, right now you're sure. Or, and even feeling guilty for saying, you know, I'm here trying to struggle. I spent like a couple hours trying to get myself adjusted. Oh. Like, and I didn't want to wake him up. He's laying on the couch next to me. I didn't want to wake him up. And of course, I only got two hours of sleep, but that's because I didn't, I was trying to figure it out myself. You know, mm-hmm. when I really didn't need to, I probably could have just said, hey, can you move that pillow over <laughs> two inches over rather than me struggling, you know, trying to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my I mind. love that. <laughs> I love that, Priscilla. I love the honesty. And yeah. I really appreciate that. And you talked about, I think it was our, it was our, um, it was when um, we had our Christmas um, pajama, our ugly sweater, not pajamas, <laughs> ugly sweater. That's exactly when you talked about it. Cause that's when I was like, Ooh, like you set the fire underneath me to be like, yep, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Not it. Like I will, like, like we talked about, like it's, and it's very much, I a hundred percent understand when I said running on fumes, most of that fume 
fume spent time was when it was just me and Liam. And like, you know, I had my parents to depend on sometimes, but I also didn't want very much, like you said, like I didn't want to always depend on someone and I would feel guilty for like asking people to do things. I'm over that now. <laughs> We're past that now. <laughs> so that same anxiety you talked about feeling. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a work in progress. You can't, it's not overnight. It's never going to happen overnight. Like I would say, probably the first like two years of our marriage, I had to really work on it. It like went, it sped up because I went on a travel assignment in 2021. So then I had to let go because I literally wasn't home. Like I was gone away from home for nine weeks. So like, girl, if talk about letting go, like what else am I going to do? I'm, you know, 18 hours away. What's going to happen? <laughs> I can't be there, but I fully understand that. And a lot of that anxiety, I think just comes with parenting in general. But when you compound single parenting on top of that, I a hundred percent understand. So I want people to understand like where Priscilla's coming from where I'm coming from she's coming from the space that I used to be in too that I understand as a single parent you can't just be like okay I'm not going to do it all the time but you have to find small ways like as your kids get older and they get more independent small ways for them to do things on their own so that mom doesn't have to pick up the slack all the time and then when you have a partner and family and a support system ways to like you know share might even say the burden, but share like share the responsibilities because kids are not a burden. Being a parent sometimes is a burden, but kids are not the burden. It's just the the mental and physical things that come along with it. But finding a way to shoulder that and to you know get friends, get family involved without feeling guilty, it's a hard thing to overcome and it does not happen overnight. So I love that you were so honest and so open about that because that's a very real thing. This is why I love this podcast, is because I get to sit here and listen and absorb and just kind of relish in the fact that there are so many women that relate to your honesty and your transparency, Priscilla, and and relate to the same, the same, right? There's plenty of other women uh, out there that, that are listening to Cicely right now. And they're like, heck yeah, you know what? Damn, she's right. Like, dang, yes, snap. I'm about to shout. Somebody take off their shoe. Um <laughs> There's so many different ways and perspectives that people are listening to this podcast beyond just the the everyday of being a woman in tech and being uh, a woman creative in the space. And so I'm so glad that we have the space so that we can bring this truth and transparency to light. More of it needs to happen. And so, yeah, this is why I'm glad the space exists. I'm so grateful. <laughs> Amen. Standing on business all 2024. <laughs> Man, I mean, that's 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 in our copy. That's going to be in our copy for real. Like, I'm so down for that. Standing on business. Ladies, is there anything else you want to talk about in, in terms of perception before we kind of go into our own flash questionnaire? Dun, dun, dun. Let's flash. <laughs> Let's flash. Priscilla's all about the flashing. I just so you guys know. Yes. <laughs> she loves a good flash. I do. <laughs> You should see my neck brace. There's like a big open space so you can see my neck. <laughs> <laughs> She's been flashing us with that that trachea. Yeah, <laughs> we got the flash questionnaire. These are all new. You'll be seeing, you'll be hearing a lot of these questions throughout the rest of season six. But I'm super excited to, for us to be kicking it off ourselves. So question number one, if you were a superhero, what would your superpower be and what would your superhero name be? Cecily. Yikes. I already know the superpower. It would be reading minds, but ooh, I don't know. The name is hard because you got to come up with something like catchy and snazzy and it, it's hard to do. So I don't know. You have to circle back to me on the name, but reading minds would be the power. Yeah. Danielle, you want to go first? 
um if i have if i were a superhero i definitely i'm i'm very much like sicily i would love the ability to read minds or maybe like shape moods like be an emotional controller a little bit that sounds bad because so many people we we see so many comic and sitcoms and tv shows that make fun of this or you know take it the wrong way So you want to be a manipulator is what you're saying. Don't call me a manipulator. Don't call me a manipulator. Um, but uh, yeah, I like that ability. What's her name in um, in Marvel's... Um, oh gosh, what's the name of the group? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I want to be... I want to be... The bug girl, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Like giving someone the ability to more strength, like more superhero, you know, all those types. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of that. Like that, I'm for that. Like that's what I want to be able to not necessarily make them angry and shoot everybody or <laughs> make them angry or like hurt people. Like not not manipulator. Not manipulator. Um, so I like that superhero ability. Maybe like emo emotion woman. Emotion. Emotion woman. I love it. <laughs> Superheroes put a lot of time into these names. Well, right. Yeah, it's got to be right. So, yeah, you got to put some respect on my name, so I can't even give you one. Because- I got, so I got mine. You guys are going to love this, right? Okay. okay, so it's very much along the same realm of your guys, because Spooner and I, we had a conversation about this once we were talking, and I <laughs> I would love to have the power of persuasion, which is similar to what you guys are saying, right? Mm, yes. And my name would be persuasion because Priscilla and then Asian. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the spelling, but the spelling looks awful. Spelling I was going to say, I bet the spelling is terrible, but. <laughs> but when you say it, the phonetic, if I'm, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. See, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. The creativity, the thought that goes into it. <laughs> Should we give you a Marvel movie persuasion in the Ten Rings? Do. Like, do we? Do I want it. Yeah. <laughs> persuasion in the Ten Rings, y'all. Like, I mean, I mean I'm so that's old. hilarious. <laughs> Oh Can my I, can goodness. we just change my name on it? That's why I'm gonna go by. Like, I think we're gonna have to at this point, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious! That uh, for real, that filled my heart today. I'm gonna be walking. I'm be walking I around want, with Danielle. I need you head. to AI. I need you to AI my, my costume. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm so for it. I'm, I'm. You know, I'm gonna work on this. It's gonna be behind the scenes. If y'all see this on social media somewhere and be like, uh, it came from this episode. Yep, it came from this one. Okay, so next question is, what's your go-to karaoke song? And can you give us a quick rendition if you dare? Heck yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Um, karaoke song. In my head, it depends. It depends on the season, I guess. That's kind of how it is for me. So Jan- January is like fun, like fun, poppy, jazz kind of feel. So like, you know, Samaya and things along those lines is kind of where my brain goes. Um, I like that. So I'm trying to think. That's I don't know if I'm gonna sing it, but I mean that's kind of where I'm at. Like, it's kinda, you know, that's where I'm at. <laughs> hey, look, I don't know if I'm gonna sing it, but yes, I like that. Um, I would say just go to default Britney Spears "Toxic." That, <laughs> that's it. where I'm going. Do it. Definitely not singing it, but it. it's a good. It's 20 years old this year, which is ridiculous. But wow, yeah, it's wild to me. That's that it's 20 years old. iconic. It is, and the whole airplane scene, like, come on. It's all iconic, yes. Oh. 
And Liam had the nerve to ask me, how do you know that song? Sir, that song is older than you. I know, right? <laughs> My kids were coming to me with some of these old school songs. I'm like, yeah, I know about that. I'm like, yeah, but how do you know about that? That's the real question because that came out during my generation. Right. So, mm. Like, I was around your age when Toxic came out. How do, how do you know, sir? He's loved that song for like three credit. years. <laughs> right. They be trying to take credit, too. I'd be like, hold up, stop, Mm-mm, wait. <laughs> so me and Liam are going to do Toxic karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Persuasion. Yes. Did I say it right? Yes. Persuasion. 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 Thank you. Persuasion. Persuasion. Well, you know. I love this. <laughs> well, all I've got to say is I've been alone with you inside <laughs> my box. And in my dreams, I've kissed your lips a thousand times. Sometimes oh. you pass outside my door. Oh. No, is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. Max is going to come up soon. I can see it in your smile. All I've ever wanted, my arms are open wide. Because you know just what to say. And you know just what to do. I want to tell you so much. I love you. That's my fast one. That's not me even being serious. That was serious. I love it, though. That was great. Lionel Richie, everybody, like, there you go. Truly, if you didn't know that one. Okay, so next question is, if you had to survive a zombie apocalypse, which three items would you grab from your home before making a run for it? Um... I'm going to let somebody else go first. Okay. I'm going to go with a paper clip, toilet paper roll, and like a stick of gum. Ooh, okay. That I seems like, like something MacGyver would do, mm-hmm. right? That is very MacGyver. <laughs> right. I was going to say that. The gum is like the adhesive. The paper clip will help me get into places like locks and maybe, and then also it's fun, you know, to make shapes and stuff. You can also use it to hold back your hair. And mm-hmm. then the toilet paper roll, I guess it would have to be the core of it right i don't know you probably make a fire with it but then you'd be done with it and then you'd only be stuck with a stick of gum and paper clip but right yeah i don't know I think that's a great idea yeah Ooh. or maybe you want the toilet paper roll and then afterwards the core because you know with the ta- toilet paper roll you can make a dress oh that's but true you guys have- <laughs> <laughs> she said you can make a dress you can i love it Okay, so three things, um, Cicely. Three things for the zombie apocalypse. What would they be? Um, definitely some cognac, um, a toolkit, and um, and some sort of like radio, like radio, like a satellite radio, radio that works without, um, you know, without uh, Lord, I guess electronics and signals. But yeah, but the cognac was first for a reason. <laughs> Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking straight up right now. I'm like, ooh, that fresh bourbon sitting right over here. Um, so bourbon, bourbon. Gotta have it. Gotta um, have it. That'll be the one. Maybe some sort of like utility knife. Um, mm-hmm. kind of multifunctional, so you can kind of use it for different things. And then I feel like I need to have a good strong shoe for um, whatever it is. Yes. Like, insole. Yeah, something with a, a good shoe, something that's going to let me be versatile with tools in some area, and then something that's either going to burn or burn my insides. One of the two. So I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the double whammy with alcohol. And the higher the proof, the easy, the more flammable it is. See? That's, See yeah. I, I guess I changed mine then. I would need a salampus patch, some ice packs, <laughs> ice packs, and yeah, like uh, um, insoles. Yeah. 
yeah, that's gotta be it for me. I gotta have good feet, otherwise I'm I'm goner. Some some zombies gonna make me a zombie. Cause I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm with you. Cause where are we running? Where are we running in flip flops? Where are we running in Crocs? Like it, it's not gonna happen. I come out in stilettos. I'm like, just take me. Just don't you know what? Just take me. at this point, right? Picture dudes running in flip flops, Cecily. So. <laughs> I can't with you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Next question. Share an embarrassing moment from your past that you can laugh about now. Ooh, this is good. I got like, where do I start? There's so many. Right. I was like, wow. This is loaded. The older you are, the more you have. There was a moment when I was at a um, a book reading for a concert or it wasn't a concert. It was a book reading period. Um, I was at a book reading and I was really excited about this author because I thought that she, um, her and I do have some family history, um, but um, I didn't explain her. She didn't know me for that by any means. Um, but I was super excited because she had just finished the book reading and she had looked up and, and there's a whole room of people and she looked up in my general direction and she asked, um, do you want more information about this in particular? And she looked at me and it made it look like she was talking directly to me. And I was like, I immediately asked my family history question. <laughs> so I asked this question around family history and we're like, hey, do you know my aunt? My aunt, blah, blah, blah. And I just kind of rant on this rant for like a whole, like literally y'all, 120 seconds. Like I went on for like more than a minute about how our family might be connected in this special way. And she just looked at me for like, after I said my question, she was just kind of like, Okay, well, I can talk more about that later. Does anyone else have, I mean, I completely dismissed. I felt so bad because uh-huh. I felt like I wasted that person's, you know, time and maybe I, it wasn't the appropriate time for me to talk about personal things. So anyway, that was my embarrassing moment from a past that I can laugh about now. That I, immediately, I thought about, um, graduated, okay, this is after high school, um, and we were visiting at my mom's and my friends from high school. We went, we were at, you know, the local bar, whatever you want to call it, local dive. And then so one of the people, one of the high school kids said, hey, let's go over to my parents' house or whatever. And they had a pool and we didn't, you know, we didn't have any swim gear with us. And so we went in our undies, on our undies and stuff. And then afterwards we had so much fun, blah, 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 you know, drinking and all this stuff. So I went to go get changed and um, I noticed that something was missing. A panty liner was missing. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So I don't know. I just keep thinking of like the next morning. You've got a liner just floating in the pool. That's me. That was mine. Oh, no. I mean, at least I mean, it's embarrassing because it's like. I mean, not embarrassing because, you know, who knows the yeah. girls, but embarrassing for me when I was like, ah, yeah, <laughs> my favorite. Right. That's one of those slide down the wall kind of moments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, gosh. This is like back to childhood, like maybe 11 or 12. So I was, I can't remember where exactly I was. I think I was like at my grandparents, like I was in Paris. So my grandparents live in Paris and I was just gallivanting around with um, some of like my, I called them my summer friends because I wouldn't really spend much time with them until the summer because we went to different schools. So gallivanting around town with summer friends. Um, And then I didn't have a bike like at my grandparents' house. So like one of them, like it was their sister's bike or it was someone 
one of, it was one of my friends like family members bike or their little sisters older sister somebody's bike so i was on this bike and we were like going down a hill and it was you know it was all fun and games until i realized the brakes did not work <laughs> so um not only did i almost die that day i mean i'm being dramatic i mean it was it was a traumatic event but i didn't go to the hospital or anything but because i couldn't stop and i realized it like towards the end of this hill luckily like it was like a closed off road you know like kids knew knew where to play like it was like at the end of this playground or something and so i stopped by running into a fence and flipping over the fence and there was a group of like teenage boys playing basketball and there was a group of old men just like sitting in the shade and i just i mean i may it may have hurt i don't even remember because i died twice that day from embarrassment like died like the only thing i could do was like walk away like oh i'm fine and then like i just broke down crying because i'm like oh my god everybody stop it like i wasn't even hurting till like probably an hour later like when the adrenaline wore off like then i was like sore and bruised i like still to this day if when i see i get like i get teary-eyed when I, if i drive past that little part because i'm like a, a teary-eyed from embarrassment not because i think about how much it hurt but because of how embarrassing it was. oh <laughs> And if no one had been there, I wouldn't have cared. Like, I would have been like, ow, like, you know, maybe something's sprained. Like, mommy, come help me. But I was, I think, like I said, I was like 11, 12, maybe. So just at that age where you're old enough to be embarrassed. And it's not like, I mean, they were like, oh, are you okay? And then everyone made a big deal about it. And I was like, oh, my God. So I was like, I take the bike and I'm like limping away and crying at the same time. Just hoping that everyone will just shut up and leave me alone. Because if someone else talks to me, I'm going to like lose it. Oh my god! Oh, I still tear up thinking about it because it's that bad. I'm like, if you don't have like a good childhood, you know, injury accident memory like that, then you weren't living as a kid. Clearly. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. So next question is: If you could have dinner with any historical figure, dead or alive, who would it be, and what's the one burning question you would ask them? Ooh, I know this answer. Okay, go ahead. Um, Barack Obama, for sure. For sure. Oh my Um, gosh. Ooh, the burning question for him would be, do you think that, or, you know, it's something along the lines of, like, do you think you became a better man after the presidency? Like, basically, I'm trying to, like, figure out in a a non-invasive way of asking, like, did the presidency make you a better or worse person? Yeah. Like, did you come out unscathed in terms of like your morals and your values intact? Or did you change while you were in office to fit whatever was going on? Like, that's really my question for him. Like, how did you change as a person? Like, did your morals and integrity and values change because of the things that you experienced or had to do or decisions you had to make as a president? Ooh, that's really good. Yeah. I've been saving that up for 10 years. <laughs> I'm ready. When I see former President Barack Obama, I'm ready. Um, I would go back to like, you know, days of Ella Fitzgerald and Duke Ellington, like Harlem Renaissance mm-hmm. time. I would love to know more about um the you know, not necessarily learn more about the hardship because we can watch History Channel for that, but just oh, to yeah. hear their hear more of their perspective of what their where their mindset was as they were creating the things that they were creating. Um Ooh, when yeah. you know when Ella was really going through these seasons and trials in her personal life, you know, what was her mindset so that she could just sing that song that night? You know what I mean? Like I would love to know 
more of the mentality states of some of these great hidden figures um, or even just in general historic figures who got through the moment because of whatever they were clinging on to or holding on to to get through that moment? Um, I'd like to have, I don't know about dinner, but maybe a coffee date or something with Walt Disney. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have like a over ice cream or something and a milk. Let's have a malt shake. <laughs> I love it. Right. <laughs> so like brainstorm a little bit. How fun would that be? Oh my gosh. He is some like, of these flash questions. Yeah. I mean, I'm down with that. And I feel like he's such a man of ingenuity. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of wanting to know, pick his brain. Go mm-hmm. girl. I'm for that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, last question. What's the weirdest and most unexpected item on your bucket list, and why is it there? I want to do a somersault. <laughs> I love that. I don't think that's weird at all. I love that. I love that. That's, you yeah. know what? When I was on the dating sites, dating sites, that was my, they did the two truths and a lie. And it's so funny. We, you know, I just talked about this the other day. So he guessed it wrong, but my two truths and a lie was, um, I've never done a somersault. Um, I'm really good at the Kevin Bacon game and I hate Fig Newtons. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And why? well, first of all, I think it symbolizes a lot considering that I just had the C4, C5 (laughs) used. I love it. I'll ever be able to do one. So it's cool though but it sure is on a bucket list when we when i was younger we were in um it was a was it called pe right and um they had they had to pull out a second mat because i was just in position and i would not just do the roll so they had (laughs) and it was so funny that would probably be an embarrassing moment too i'm sitting there the whole entire class has to use another mat and I couldn't do it. Oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so Cicely, weirdest or most unexpected item on your bucket list? And why is it there? Um, what, Not weird, just probably unexpected. Um, I would love and still have to make happen, but sometime before I leave this earth, I have to live in another country. Mm-hmm. Like, actually yes. live and not be a tourist so like yep. spend six months to a year in another country because i just feel like i have to have that perspective from living someplace else outside of the united states to really feel like i can understand the world better like that's just it's been i felt that way since i was like 15 that i have to live outside of this country to get to know more about the u.s but also more about myself and more about how other people are living you got a place in mind um, probably Italy or Greece. Those are the top two places that like stick out to me. Um, there's a Netflix documentary that talks about blue zones and like places where people live a long time and like every, not everyone, but like the general population is relatively very healthy. So places like that, like I want to go to places that value their elderly population that treat old people well, that, you know, you can take kids to the bar. Like I laugh, like we laugh about that in the United States. So that seems crazy, but most other societies uh-huh. like include children like they uh-huh. include children in everything because children are members of society right like yeah. it's not a, a big deal in european countries in you know in spain to see like people with their babies outside of a cafe or something like they're just babies sitting in the stroller just hanging out chilling 
living their past lives while mom and dad are grabbing a cappuccino or getting a beer. Like that's not unusual. So it's not that I necessarily want to leave my kids outside because we live in the U S and we know that that ain't never going to happen here. Mm. But I would like to be in a society where I feel like everyone's integrated and that people genuinely care about each other as a whole. Like it's a collective society, I guess maybe a socialist society, if you will, but a society where people are like kind of looking out for each other excuse me, that people, you know, treat elderly people with respect and with reverence and treat them like, you know, still active and functioning and participating members of society all the way, you know, from babies all the way to 100 years old. So I want to be a part of that since we'll never get to experience that in the U.S. probably. So I would like to see what that looks like and how much more that can enrich my own life as well. Hmm. I'm so for that. And that actually is um, on uh, also on my bucket list. Um, I'm so when you said that, I was like, dang, that's on mine too. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really want to em- embrace and, em- and be immersed in culture outside of the US. And that's really important mm-hmm. to me as a person, like foundationally leaving my carbon footprint and on the globe. Like that's just something I'm personally about. And so I, I love the fact that you say that. I was trying to think, okay, so what would be the second thing then, Danielle? Like, what's the other weird thing? <laughs> what else? What el- yeah, exactly. <laughs> what else? Um, I think maybe traveling, traveling as a family is on my bucket list internationally. I would love to be able to take my family to a different, immerse them in a different culture, even if for a brevity of time, um, yes. for them to experience life outside of the U.S. is super important for just more global perspective, personal humility, like things along those lines are lessons that I feel like my kids will not fully embrace until they're outside of this scope, outside mm-hmm. of this realm, outside of this culture specifically. So I'm happy that my my oldest son's going to be able to do that sooner than me um visiting ireland for the first time um during spring break but oh, I that's be amazing yeah, I know, right? I want to have that full experience for all of them, especially yes. my husband and my and my middle child, Ellington, who are very immersed in Asian culture. Um, they're very, very, very like they're anime nuts. And so they this they honor they understand the honor code and they understand how to better appreciate culture because they're already seeking it so much within our culture. And so I think it would be a really cool perspective and different life view for them to be able to physically go and experience what it's like to be in those um, countries and territories and communities. So I love that. Yeah. So that's my goal. Um, okay. Ladies, we've had a full episode around perception. How do we feel? Great. Good. <laughs> I feel like it was like part therapy slash hopefully insightful and helpful to everyone else who's in listening range. Is there any final thoughts that you ladies would like to leave in this episode? Hmm. No. <laughs> I love Priscilla. Hmm. No. no. So light and airy. No. Um, it was. That was like, so it. perfect. No. All the words have been said. <laughs> Amen. Hey, it's right. I said what I said. Exactly. <laughs> Hashtag I said what I said. Hashtag standing on business all 2024. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with that. We're standing on business. That's it. I said I said what I said. Standing on business. That's it. Oh my gosh. That's it. I'm, I'm going to be <laughs> echoing this throughout 2024. I'm so excited. Uh, um, all right. So from all of us to each of you, um, we just want to remind you that you are more than graphics and we hope that this space continues to ignite your next dot, dot, dot. So until next time, everybody. 
And just like that, the episode ends, but the convo has just begun. Thanks for listening to the MDG podcast. We want to hear from you. If you enjoyed our podcast, give it a review on your listening app of choice. Continue to follow our page and look out for bonus content releases throughout the year. This podcast is produced by Octane Design Studios. Until next time.